Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be part of this community. Thank you for taking the time to listen in as we go through the book of Proverbs. We're looking for wisdom, the opposite of being a fool or being foolish and folly. Um, more and more, God's word has been doing a job that way in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, boy, I've been learning, Stephanie Wesco, as we've been going through this. And again, you can't go in God's word without coming out being a little different, being a little better, but hopefully being a little bit, a little more godly. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I'm on board here with you guys and, and I know we're in that place where you might be a knucklehead. If I love our knuckleheaded segment, Stephanie, you know, it sounds kind of trite. It sounds kind of, I don't know, <clears throat> a little bit like something we just do to do, but uh, I, I hate it when I do too many doo-doos or something like that. <laughs> I can never get through this without laughing. But anyway, I'm going to today. I like the idea of looking at things that make people a knucklehead or that make people outside of what God would have them to do or that places people in that wrong place, that bad place, that place they shouldn't be. And uh, so today, uh, the knuckleheaded segment, we thank Lynn Norton. Uh, Sister Norton is the one, the Norton knuckleheaded moment. And so today, this is what I want to do. Uh, again, I'm making my knuckleheaded moment match things we don't say or do to people with PTSD. And in my mind, you might be a knucklehead if you always know it all. I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I don't like know-it-alls. And uh, it's kind of, you know, we were talking about people who finish your sentences and stuff. Know-it-alls is another degree of that. You know, uh, just know everything. You know, it's like, Man, I'm sorry. Well, I know what you're suffering from. You know, I read a book in uh, 2019 and told me everything I need to know. You know, those kind of people are the people who mess up people with PTSD. That's why it fits in the don't uh, and, and, you know, don't do that to people with PTSD. Uh, don't be a know-it-all with people with PTSD. Don't tell them what they're going through. You know what? If you have a degree in psychology and a degree in theology, I think we can let them say that. But if you don't, you should probably leave it alone. I mean, what are you thinking, Stephanie? Well, what gets me more is when <clears throat> someone who's never even been through a trauma is the expert on how to help people who have been. Yeah. And you got that one knucklehead in your life that's, uh, I, I think he took yeah. a couple college courses, but he got through out of Bible college. Um, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, you, you, can pick, you can pick your nose. <clears throat> you yeah. can... You know, you can pick your snot out, but you can't pick your relatives. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. That was an image I did not need. I grew up with a kid in my class. We used to call them boogers. That kid picked his uh -huh. nose and he took it to a different level. He ate it. Doug, um, oh, 
Somewhere well, in the bottom of his belly are years of boogers. I'm sure of it. Okay. So I nicknamed them boogers. But anyway, back. Don't talk about gross things on the podcast unless you want people to start okay. dry Yeah, season. hey, don't, don't leave us because of these gross things. So when you rate us, give us five stars, but don't write anything about boogers. That might run people away. <laughs> but I think, you know, Stephanie, honestly, biblically, uh, God doesn't like a know-it-all. You know, humility is not found in being a know-it-all. Uh, over and a know-it-all is a prideful human being. A know-it-all is somebody that is haughty. You know, that's a good word, haughty, arrogant, narcissistic, out there. Uh, I mean, have you ever experienced firsthand a know-it-all? Yep. More than one, huh? Uh-huh. Have you ever liked a know-it-all? Well, you learn to keep your distance from them yeah. because you can love them. But they're not, they're not fun to hang out with because they no. always have the solution or they always they always want to be in charge. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're not the kind of people that are really pleasant to be around. I don't like being around know-it-alls. Um, you know, and maybe it's because I'm the opposite of a know-it-all. I'm like the don't know anything. Uh, so I don't know, but the know-it-alls, you know, everything you're doing, you can be out there, you could, for instance... I'm always building things. I built a table with my son. So my son and I built this beautiful farmer's table. I think I sent you a picture of it, Daniel and I, and Debbie. Uh, Debbie was really a finishing genius on it. She saved us a few times on the finishing pieces of things and uh, getting things straight, making things look good, sanding things. But, you know, people would come by, you know, had you done it this way or if you do it this way, and I just want to say, will you just be quiet? Keep walking, you know? (laughs) It's one of those times you're sorry you live in the city. You know, sometimes neighbors can be problematic. You know, most of my neighbors are cool. I mean, you have that creepy neighbor. Is creepy <laughs> is creepy neighbor still coming around? Do you ever see him anymore? No, no. I think I think I got bold enough the last time in my response. that. Just so you understand, creepy neighbor was kind of hitting on Stephanie in a weird, creepy kind of way. And uh, <laughs> about 60 years old and her married, you know, puts a put skeletons out in front of his house. I mean, just kind of freaky guy, creepy guy, all those things, you know, <laughs> he's one of those guys. I, you know, you almost want to set a bear trap in his backyard for him or something. I don't know. But anyway, as we go along, I didn't want to go that far. I just, you know, had to make clear boundaries so I didn't get hit on again. Cause he's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little freaky, especially well, when you know a guy in his eighties. Yeah. Does he not, really think that you're going to have an interest in and I saw the guy, and, he, and he's not even good looking. I mean, he's not uh-huh. like, he's not like, you know, uh, Paul Newman or something. I mean, the, he looks a little more like Pee Wee Herman or Mickey Mouse. Uh, I mean, uh, so, you know, but isn't that weird? You know, a lot of the people, I sometimes I'll look at people and say, you know, why is that ugly dude with a good looking woman? Maybe they just kept hitting on people till they got lucky. I don't know. And uh, it, that's kind of always been one of those questions of a million, you know, that's, it's not a question I'm going to bring up in heaven or anything, but that's kind of bothered me at times. But anyway, when a, when, a, when a three on the numeric scale gets an eight or a nine, yeah, that does leave you with a lot of questions. Well, there's a seven seven point swing. Yeah, and then some people, though, as they get older and stuff, you know, some people might, you know, so if people have been married 50 years, you can kind of get that. Right, right. You know? that's- but if, if both people have only been together a short while and you go on, you know, she's a knockout and, you know, he's like a total dog, you know, him and a German shepherd share the same facial expressions and stuff or, 
Oh, you know, <laughs> or the other way. <laughs> and I don't even know. This has nothing to do with being a know-it-all. And here I am. But <clears throat> I want you to know to Stephanie's chagrin, I'm a numeric guy. So I'm that guy I help men and women who are widowed or, you know, become widows or whatever the case may be. I'm that guy who comes along and tries to help them find the next person. So I assign numeric numbers so people aren't swimming in the wrong pool, so to speak. <laughs> <clears throat> and it messes up Stephanie when I do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, so far I'm still out in the cold on that subject. But yeah. the whole numeric thing just makes me die laughing. Well, she could say it makes her die laughing, but... When she found out that was one of my skills, she immediately wanted to be numerically uh, quantified. Rated, and I didn't come out very high. You did, too. Don't. No. Don't be playing that. You got a good number, man. I got seven. That is the perfect number. I said seven, seven plus. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get an eight through ten. Uh, I know. Not after eight kids. Well, okay. not even before. I mean, eight through ten. We're well, talking about some pretty rarefied air right there. You know, well, Charles was a, was a full, probably ten. So I'd, I'd say he was a nine. I'd give him nine. You know, but I didn't know him, so you know him in his personality. He's a good looking guy. I think he's better looking than I am. Well, maybe not now. You know, I think I think I grew older more graceful. He never get to. He'll never get to be here. You know what I mean? Well, We'll see him up in heaven. He'll be 30. You'll see me at 30 something. You'll say, wow, Doug was a little better looking than I thought he was. You'll see. <laughs> you guys are going to go, who's that? Hanging out with Charles. Wait a minute. That's Doug. What are Doug and Charles doing hanging out together? We'll be up to no good. You can write that down. Oh, anyway, no. here we are in Proverbs 7. We're never going to get this going if we talk about numeric functions and stuff. And, and people wonder how my son became a mathematician, but it's there. All right. So, you know, Debbie's very good at math, but she doesn't numerically rate people. But here we are. We're in Proverbs chapter 7, <laughs> verse 10. It says, And behold, they met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and the subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. We're looking at a description of uh, uh, an immoral woman, what she looks like. And I mean, Stephanie, you're a lady and, and you hear this. And does this represent anybody you've ever met before, you think? Or are you thinking of somebody when this comes up or is this like an all new connotation to you? Yeah, no. And I think um, the attire comes out of the heart. Yeah. Um, and what I, by, what I mean by that is there, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a woman right now who, unfortunately I knew very well Yeah. and she's part of a harlot. Yeah. And I'll never forget um, seeing her at a wedding in an outfit and just being like, I'm sorry, you're in your fifties and you're trying to look like a harlot that's in her twenties. Yeah. And she have admitted that but that was her heart and so it came out in the way she dressed and a harlot is a harlot in the heart long before they're a harlot in their dress and action yeah and so um when i when i see this description and and ironically enough the loud and stubborn is right there with it yeah and, um this is a package in many ways and so i guess you know god god tries very hard in his word if we will but look 
he tries very hard to give us guidelines and safety um, rails, if I could put it that way, to keep us from, from going over the edge of doing things that will cause permanent damage on our lives, on our yeah. hearts, on our character. And he's trying really hard here. The Lord is so clearly giving young men some safety posts, some, some, some warnings of danger. And um, I, I've seen this kind of woman <laughs> destroy men. And very often if they can't destroy them physically, they'll destroy them verbally. They'll destroy them any way that they possibly can. And the harlot will always be an abuser because they're in this for themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's a scary thing. And there are girls out there now um, to give the, to be the devil's advocate, so to speak. There are girls out there who are forced into this life. Oh, who it isn't. Yeah. It's something they're forced to do to, to live. Death is their only other option. And so we don't hate these kind of women. We pray for them, but we avoid them and we keep our sons and our daughters away from them. And not because they're, they're, you know, it's not like they're the plague, but we do show them the love of Christ. If God puts us in a situation where, you know, that's the door he opens is to witness to them, to, to share the freeing hope of Jesus Christ from that life. And so this is, this, this opens up so many so many facets. Um, but these, this kind of woman is real. And so from the sake of a young man, you be like Joseph and you flee from them because a harlot is out for your juggler vein. They're out to destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I tried to write down some things and first of all, if you've been in this category as a man or a woman, I I want you to know this pertains to both. If you've been in this category where you've dressed like a uh, you know, a tramp or a tramp monger or whatever the case may be, just stop it. Uh, but I wrote some things down because I think we can come out of this. I know that in my life, God has done some great things. So I came from the world into uh, the freedom and the liberty of being one of God's own. And certainly I knew a lot of people like this and, and, and people who dress like this, Stephanie, you know, some may not even think that I'm being a harlot or I'm out trying to catch something or, you know, I just want to look really good. And, and, and folks, let me tell you this as a, as a man and Stephanie can talk as a woman looking at men, I never saw a woman in skin tight clothes that I thought looked better than clothes that fit her right. I'm just, I'm just going to say that. Um, I never saw a lady, uh, or a woman with super short dresses and skirts and, uh, you know, revealing things that I said to myself, uh, when she dressed nice and non-revealing that she was any more pretty or less pretty or, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say folks is a decision to dress like this and to be loud and bold, uh, uh, to be wearing that attire is, is a decision that puts you in a completely different category. And we need to understand that we, you know, and, and these people who dress like that at churches and they were, and here's the other problem, Stephanie, and I'll hit on this and I want to go back to you and get your feel on the men's side of this. But here's the other problem. You know, these people come to our churches and our jobs and things of that nature, and they just dress and smell and, you know, just lather all the lathers, all the right things. And and what kind of message is that sending about 
you know, themselves. And, and then, and then there's some guys out there who are drawn to this instead of their wives and stuff. They're, they're drawn to looking at these people who try to dress a certain way or do those certain things. And I, I wish I had a dollar for every, uh, every couple I've ever sat down with probably a hundred, uh, I'd have enough to go get a steak dinner with Debbie somewhere, but I, where the women will say, my husband wants me to look like this woman or to dress more like her or to do all, you know, we need to stop that. This is a worldly thing, Stephanie. This comes from the world. This does not come from God. This is not a picture from God. Uh, You know, every woman is great. Every man can be great. We don't have to dress bad. We don't have to act bad. Now, now what do you think, Stephanie, on the other side of that, uh, a man, have you ever seen a man wearing skin tight clothes and stuff trying to look good and in any way that did they look better than they did when they dressed properly? No, not in any way, shape or form. And I have met strange men. Um, and I use that like, you know, whoremongers and they're creepy. And, and so to the girls out there, if you're around a man and something in you, okay, sometimes they're really good fakes, but there are men including family members or former family members of mine that gave me the creeps. And now the mask is off. Now I know stuff about them that it's like, oh yeah, that's why God gave that warning bell of don't be too close to this guy. And some of them let the cat out of the bag themselves without, you know, A man is a strange man when he has the freedom, feels the freedom. And I'm talking men in churches. I'm talking men in leadership positions. When they have the freedom to go to another, to to a man in the church about their wife, their body bothering them because they need to lose weight or they have a tummy from having kids and need to figure out how to lose it. I'm sorry, if a man has the freedom to do that and feels in and of themselves that they're justified in doing something like that. They're a pervert and they're a strange man. That's right. And that, 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 that woman does not belong to that oh, other guy. You know, I speak from personal experience. Okay. That's not a rumor. That's not a made up story. That's personal experience. And when someone has the freedom to do that, they're a pervert. Their and, brain- and just, just so everybody understands here, Stephanie is a little bit of a magnet for creeps. I'm just going to be, not lately. She's come Thank out of that you. a little I bit, but that. yeah. But remember, I remember there's this one guy, so it, it's pretty much aware that if somebody's interested in Stephanie in any type of way, you know, they'll contact me before they hit the father and stuff, and we'll, we'll pre-qualify them, which is a long qualification process. But anyway, this one dude wrote me and was interested in Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, wrote me, and he said he was thinking about leaving his girlfriend to go out with Stephanie. Now, you know, this is beyond, we don't even have to go any farther than that or any further. This is beyond anything in our minds that we can believe. And uh, that somebody would write and say, well, I'm thinking about leaving my girlfriend. Uh, and, you know, it's just unbelievable. There are people out there that are unbelievable. But, you know, something that came to my mind coming together with what you just said here is this woman's not a harlot. She's wearing the attire of a harlot. She you know, we got to, we got to understand, you don't have to be a prostitute to look like a prostitute. You don't have to be a a tramp monger to look like a tramp monger. And I I think, you know, where I'm going with this uh, friends, you know, this comes down to these decisions we make. 
and, and, and God knows we don't want to cause anybody to stumble. And, you know, I don't think, and no one's going to stumble over me or anything like that. I get that. But I'm saying there's men and women out there that are stumble worthy and you can really mess up someone else too. So not only does this have implications uh, with your walk with God, but you could hurt somebody else's walk with God. So I say all that, Stephanie, I think we covered this pretty adequately, but please understand that you're a child of God, that you're Mm -hmm. a representative of everything that's God. And I'm not saying that if a woman dresses pretty or if a guy dresses handsomely, that he's bringing any shame to God. This is a different level. This is having the attire of a harlot, having the attire of a tramp monger. This is a different level. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, you know, to girls out there, if I can encourage you um, to take in contrast to this, go to Proverbs 31. Yeah. Look at God's description of a wise woman, a, a woman who's, who's, doing what God's called her to do. And I'm not saying you're going to fit every single part of Proverbs 31. Okay. We all have different roles. We all have different callings. I'm not saying you have to stay at home cloistered up um, and you're not ever allowed to go out and do anything. Okay. Not in any way, shape or form. Do I have that position? Um, But something that stands out to me as I looked at these verses that we just covered and I, and I'm thinking through Proverbs 31, something that God always brings me back to is the fact that in Proverbs 31, we're told that the, that the, a wise woman has the law of kindness in her mouth. Wow. The law of kindness rules her tongue. And there are girls out, out there who have never been taught how to dress. Perhaps they've, they've only been raised around women who dress in a, in a way that's not pleasing to God. And I am not out there. Please. I do not want to be the legalist who says you have to dress like a Muslim to be pleasing to God. I do not believe that way in any way, shape or form. There are Christians out there who believe that way. I am not one of them yet. You, how you dress is between you and God. But my point is, that you're, that you're seeking God, that you're seeking his wisdom. And as he leads and guides you, you follow his leadership. And if, and if the Holy spirit, you get dressed and the Holy spirit, you know, you won't be subtle of heart if you're following God, which is also men- mentioned in this description. A subtle person is someone who's deceptive. So where you come to God with an open heart, a heart that's seeking him and saying, God, I want to please you and love you. And then you get dressed and God convicts you and says, this, this doesn't please me. And you say, okay, God, I won't wear it. And it's as simple as that. And so where you have that heart that's seeking God, because out of the heart, we speak out of the heart, we dress out of the heart comes life or death. And so where our heart is seeking the Lord, because that's going to, you can have someone who dresses perfectly and has the heart of a strange woman has the heart of a harlot. And so I think this comes back to it's a package deal, and yet the heart is the root. And so be seeking the Lord as a young lady, as a young man, that you be pleasing him, and God will lead and direct you. He will. And and I think this needs to be said here, too. This Obviously, we're not pointing this at anybody. And probably 99 out of 100 people who are listening to this podcast or this radio show right now fall into a good category. It's just stuff we cover. A lot of us came out of the world and there's things that we have to erase from our lives. And even, you know, Christians who didn't come out of the world, who were raised in a good home and things like that, 
this is one of those hard areas we got to think about. And, and men, let me say this to you. If it takes you five minutes to button your pants, they may be a little bit too small. That's all I'm saying. You know, if we have to stand on our chair and jump into our clothes that get them to the fit, we have the wrong size. And, and I, and I want to say this too, folks, if you can't, if you can't button your sport coat or your suit jacket, you know, it's time to get new clothes or go on a diet. That's, that's all I want to say. I see these pastors sometimes they should use like a 12 inch chain because they can't close their jackets. You either stop going to Cracker Barrel or McDonald's or you get clothes that fit. That's all I want to say. Same goes for both men and women. I don't want to pick on anybody. You guys know, I love you all. This is just a section and that's not attractive by the way, you know, no, wearing not. super tight clothes and things like that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you can't, if you can't cross your legs, men and women, your clothes might be too tight. I'm just putting it out there. All right. I just want to, I just want to say that. And, 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 and we'll leave it at that. And, uh, we'll, we'll stay away from hair pieces and stuff like that for another time. Cause those freak me out too. But anyway, we love you folks. Listen to every word brother Eric's going to say, and, and I'm not picking on people with hair pieces. I, you know, some look real good, but get them stuck to your head. If you get one, don't get one that just lays up there. But anyway, we love you folks. If we can do anything to help, make sure you get a hold of us at helpful wounded spirits. Listen to every word Eric's got to say and get the kindness stick on. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.